Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the incredible things former teachers are doing now. I'm Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad you're here. So teacher friends, are you ready to hear what your amazing educator skills look like when they're put to work in the world beyond the classroom? Let's jump in. You are in for such a treat with today's podcast episode. Are you one of the tens of thousands of teachers that every year wants to be able to work more flexibly, maybe from home? Maybe you want to prioritize your family needs, your schedule, your health, or something else. But maybe you also need to replace your teacher income or be able to make more than you make as a teacher. Well, welcome to this episode with Michaela Quinn, who did exactly this. And now she helps so many others be able to do this as well through freelancing and becoming a VA, a virtual assistant. So let's go ahead and jump in so that you can hear how her personal needs and her family needs led her to go beyond the classroom and to use her skills that she had in the classroom in new ways and how she does this with so many other people so that they can meet their family needs as well. Michaela, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Allie. I am very excited to be here with you and all the other teachers today. Yeah, so excited to have you on. Okay, so Michaela, we usually start out with having teachers tell us what they wanted to be when they grow up, and then we hop into what you taught and where, what you loved about it, and then into your transition story. What led you to doing your next thing and how it all came about? Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds perfect. And I know you help so many people and I know your message is going to really hit home with a lot of people and be a huge resource of help. So thank you so much for, yeah, for sharing and for your example. Super appreciated. Okay, let's hop back in time. Where did you grow up and what did you want to be when you grew up? So I grew up in um, Kansas City, but growing up, my mom was a teacher. And so I just grew up watching her go to school and teach. And she would always bring home at the end of the summer, as long as I could remember, her old school supplies and like the old books. And I loved playing um, like school and playing with my dolls. So growing up, I would take all of her old school supplies. And I created my own fake pretend classroom in our basement. And that's just, I I was one of those lucky people that always knew what they wanted to be when they grew up. And it just happened. I went to Kansas State University to major in secondary education with an emphasis in English, got my degree, got my first job. I actually taught at the school that my mom was working at. It was a Catholic school here in Lenexa. And I I grew up going to Catholic school and just loved the the community and the faith aspect there. So knew I wanted to teach in one too. And the school my mom was at had an opening and I interviewed and it was, it was really just like an awesome first job. That's great. I'm kind of laughing on the inside as you're sharing your story because 
it's super similar. Anyway, my mom was a teacher and I loved kind of being her assistant in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I graded a lot of papers. She taught social studies. So I would grade like a lot of multiple choice tests. I would go up with her when like my school was closed, but she was still in session. Sometimes I would go up there, up with her. She also coached volleyball. So I would, you know, hang around practices sometimes. I love that she coached volleyball. That's awesome. Okay. So you helped your mom. You really got to know teaching through, you know, your mom, seeing your mom actually do that. And you knew you wanted to do this going into college. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about where you taught, what you taught, and what you loved about it. And then Mm -hmm. how you started taking your next steps. Yeah. So I taught at the same school my mom was at. It's called St. James Academy in Lenexa, Kansas. And it's a great school. It was about 10 years old, 9 to 10 years old when I first started. And so it was still very, very new and when I was hired, they were actually moving over from just like having honors classes to really strengthening their AP program. And I was gifted the sophomore pre-AP class when I started. And with that, though, it came a lot of a lot of like planning and I had a lot of freedom because this class wasn't done before. There was no one else teaching it. So I really got to create the curriculum and plan what I wanted to teach on my own. So it, it, wow. was, it was really exciting and really fun, but also really kind of scary as a first year teacher, not having a developed curriculum to pull from and not having like a teacher partner to to plan with. I had the AP teacher below me and I had the or the pre-AP teacher freshman below me and the AP teachers above me. So we did a lot of vertical like alignment and vertical planning. And so yeah. I had I had their help. But as far as what I was doing day in, day out, the unit objectives, um, it was also a Catholic school. So we weren't fully tied to the state's curriculum that we were using common core. So there was just a lot of freedom and it it was really, really cool to be able to create what I wanted to teach. Um, And that was actually my most favorite part of teaching. I loved the summer. So I was hired in mid-May, got my placement in like early June. We had teacher meetings early June where like department meetings where we just kicked off because there were two other teachers hired that year I was hired. And I was I spent that entire summer planning out, okay, unit one, unit two, like the whole year. And that was like my most favorite, most favorite part of teaching was the curriculum planning. And I loved being in the classroom too. Like when the kids came, it, it was fun to see those lessons in, you know, in action and then revise them and make all of the notes of, okay, this worked, this didn't work. This is how I could do it next year differently. But the like planning and just that creative process was my absolute favorite part of teaching. I love that too. I totally hear you on that. Yeah. That's awesome. And to me, that relates with so much of, of what you do now. But yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So my first year teaching it it life was it was awesome. Um but I was also single and I was engaged. So I was planning a wedding my first year. I would get to work at like 6:30. I would stay till about 4:30. I would come home, eat dinner, relax, and then I'd probably work from about 7 to 10, 10:30 at night just reading and making sure I'm like one of those over 
preparers and over planners. And so I just spent so much time working that first year. But I think that's, you know, any first year teacher. Plus, when you're creating the curriculum, there was just a lot that I had to to do. And then grading English, oh my gosh, I was always grading papers and providing feedback. So there was there was a lot that I did outside of that, you know, eight to three classroom day. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, it was fine that first year because I was single, wasn't married yet. But my second year teaching, um, we got married in September. That was that was really, really awesome, really fun. Another great second year, had more confidence going into the year, um, a little less work because I already knew what I was teaching, but yeah. it was um, still a lot of work. And that second year, my husband and I, we got pregnant right after, right on or right after our wedding. My daughter... McLaren was born nine months and four days after after we got married. Wow, awesome. Yeah. So like we were we knew we wanted to start a family right away. And we were just so cool. very blessed that 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 happened so so quickly. But I mean, this was my second year teaching. My husband was in his second year. He's an attorney. And so it's still kind of scary though, because we had just bought a house. We're like, oh wow, can we can we afford to do all this 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 fast? Like we don't have all of the savings that we thought we would have, and you know all those things. And but second year was still a great year. I loved teaching, but as my pregnancy started to progress and it came time to like look at daycares and what we were going to do then, I wanted we couldn't afford the daycare. I wanted the fancy Montessori school because it was more than three fourths of my paycheck. So why would we? Wow. Why would I work yeah. for a fourth of my paycheck? just to basically pay for for preschool or for childcare. So we found an in-home that was um, just for teachers' kids. So it was very affordable, but it wasn't somewhere where I was super excited, like every day, like, oh, my daughter's going to the best place ever for, for daycare. And the summer when I had her, it once she was finally born, and like I just loved being a mom. And loved seeing her little face and being on summer break and getting to have like, I got a little extended maternity leave because the school year started in August. I didn't have to go back until like the very end of September and for my third year teaching. And when I finally did go back, it was just an awful year because I I wanted to be home with her. I still loved my job, but I wanted to be home with my daughter more. And it just wasn't financially possible. And so that sent me into a kind of like, I don't know, mixed with postpartum. And I I wasn't diagnosed postpartum depression, but I like looking back, there was definitely some postpartum anxiety and or maybe a little bit of depression just with feeling stuck, like feeling like I had no control over my life and what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to stay home with her, but the life that my husband and I were building, we didn't really factor in, oh, will we be able to do this on just one income? Will I stay home with our kids? It was kind of something that I wanted to do, but we never really like established our family to go down that track because when it came time to house hunt, I was, we, I convinced my husband to buy the one that was at the very top of our budget instead of, you know, one that was well below our budget that we could do on on his income. So 
It yeah. was a hard year where I just felt like I was constantly rushing, constantly, you know, rushing out the door, waking her up when it's still dark, dropping her off at a daycare that I wasn't super thrilled with, going to work, kind of just like going through the motions, rushing through the day. I feel like I lost that like first and second year zest and excitement that I had. Um, and then, you know, rushing out the door the second the bell pretty much rang and getting her going home. And there, I like by the time we were home, I feel like I really only had two hours a day to spend quality time with her because she went to bed so early. And then once she went to bed, I, I still had so much work to grade and read and plan for the next day. It was just a really, really awful year. Well, and that's so hard to feel like if you really want to be home with your kids and feel like you're missing out because you don't get the time back, you know, you don't get like a first year of a baby's life back. No, that's hard. That's yeah. Really hard. And so I was, it was about winter break and I was just, she was about six months old and I was just like, I cannot continue on like this either. I've got to change my attitude or I need to find a solution to this problem because what's how things are right now is not healthy and is not it's not working for us so i started looking into my options um at first i started like a hair bow business because she my daughter was bald so i would make her all of these bows um i come from a very crafty family but i quickly i didn't know how to sell bows beyond just like family and friends and you can only sell a bow for about you know 7 to 10 dollars and it takes about an hour to make the bow business lasted a, a hot minute but so then i just started looking to, into other options i know i i knew i didn't want to do an mlm okay first off i love that you tried selling bows and i imagine you learned so much through that but i also completely relate with the MLM, like having that not be your interest. I know when I moved to where I am now and needed to do something different, I I went to this house party with a friend. I was new to the area and new and making friends. And a friend's like, come to this house party. There's going to be a lot of ladies there. So we showed up and it was um, all of these ladies that sell different things, everything from self tanning or like tanning spray stuff and lipstick mm-hmm. and different clothes and eyelash stuff, which is all awesome. And I totally like so many of my friends that do that, like I cheer them on all the way and I buy products from them. It's awesome. But knowing my mind, it wasn't what would kind of satisfy like my nerd crave and what I wanted to do work wise. So anyway, I totally relate. I'm oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And like the other options that were that were there for work from home was like work at a call center or there's some like medical transcribing um and there are some other like work from home opportunities but they all required you to be like butt in your chair from 8 to 5 quiet work environment and they paid like $10 an hour and i yeah. was being kind of picky and i was like i'm not going to work for $10 an hour at my desk, I wanted the freedom to be able to take my daughter to the park, go on a morning walk, or go explore the city, or do some of the mommy and me classes that were out there in our city. And those like must be in your chair from eight to five quiet work environment weren't going to fit. So, and I also wanted to make a really good income too, close to what I was making teaching. Yeah. And I finally, you know, my husband laughed at me and was like, that's, (laughs) that doesn't exist, Michaela. You can like, you're going to be a teacher. And 
And my parents knew, and my dad's like, why don't you just go get a corporate job? You'll make way more than you do teaching. And, you know, you can afford the preschool that you want. And I'm like, it's not just about that preschool, though. I want to be home. I want to be with her. And I finally just told the right person, and they told me about this freelance virtual assistant world. And there, it was a website that would post just predominantly virtual, flexible, work from home, um, independent contract type positions for, for moms. Um, there was marketing, there was graphic design, um, sales and, and virtual assistant. And I started applying to any and every job. And it took me about seven months to get the first person to hire me. I, you know, for a while I didn't get any replies back and, then I would I would make it to like the top three. And then finally, after seven months, I I got my first client. And this was about August. So I started in like December, January of 2016. While you were still teaching. Is While that right? I was still teaching, yes. I f- finangled our budget. I talked with my husband, talked with my mother-in-law. And so I was in the school I worked at. I was able to go part-time my fourth year, my fourth oh. and final year. And um, my mother-in-law helped out with babysitting. I didn't take a plan, so I only taught four sections. So they marked me as like three-fourths time instead of just part-time. Yeah, by so, not having a planning planning time. Got it. Yeah. And my mother-in-law babysat one day a week, so we only had to pay for two days of daycare. And so it, it was a really great year. I got like that time with my daughter. I was still working, and I had time to build my business on the side so that I I wouldn't have to go back the following year. And it was the like first day back, my fourth year teaching, teacher in service, and I finally got the first person to hire me. And I was so excited. They were paying me $20 an hour to be their virtual assistant, which for those of you who've never heard of the term virtual assistant, a virtual assistant is just basically an admin assistant that handles all of the odds and ends, um, any random project or tasks that a business owner might need help with. So this specific client, I did a lot of Excel spreadsheet organization. I did a lot of social media scheduling. I did a lot of social media graphics creation and a lot of stuff that she would just, you know, kind of teach me how to do it via a quick video. She would send it to me. She was based out of New Jersey. I was in Kansas. So we communicated via phone call, basically, and email. And she would send me, hey, I need you to do this project. She'd send a quick video. I'd get it done. And as our relationship, our working relationship kind of developed and our that trust built up, she would hand me more projects and more responsibilities. And once I landed that client, then I landed another client. I had three clients um, probably by mid-September. So within that first month and a half, I went from like no clients to to three clients. And it just kind of took off from there. And um, my second client was a an older woman. Gosh, she was probably in her 60s, but she had a like virtual therapist. She taught people how to move their body like Um, older people who were having trouble like walking or their health was declining. She taught them how to like what exercises to do to get their mobility back. 
She had no tech background at all. Um, and she was creating courses. So she liked that I was a teacher and I would help her create like her PowerPoints and she would send me an article and I would turn it into like a workbook, PDF, something that she wrote. I, I did a lot of design work for her. Then my- hey, I'm, I'm going to pause you for one second because I want you to talk about that. Like some of our audience, you mentioned that this lady wanted you to work for her because you were a teacher. And I know oh, sometimes yeah. t- teachers feel like, oh, I'm just a teacher. I What else can I do besides this? Like this is what my degree is in and whatnot. Can you help people see like if you're a teacher, that means you're a pro at this, that, and the other. Mm, absolutely. Can you speak to that? I found, especially in this freelance virtual world, people love hiring former teachers. There are a lot, there are lots of former teachers that have built very successful freelance businesses and clients I found really, really value that teacher background. When I was first getting started, I had a hard time seeing that value. But once I took time to look at, okay, what are my strengths as a teacher? What are my like best qualities as a teacher? And I, I wrote those down. And then I thought about how that can translate to help businesses. How can this, you know, how can these skills apply to other avenues? It made a huge difference. So as a teacher, one of my, as an English teacher, one of my best traits, one of my best qualities was the ability to get high school kids talking about ancient literature. And so I realized through one of my first clients that if I could get high school kids talking about Oedipus and Shakespeare and you know, the Iliad and the Odyssey, I could get anyone to talk about anything. And so that translated for my first client to um, kind of step into that social media manager role. She had a Facebook group, a free Facebook group that she used to funnel people into her coaching program. She was a business coach. And so I basically just had to get people talking, start the conversation around her business and around like growing your business and that was so easy for me as a teacher. That's awesome. Yeah. If you can get high school students to talk about ancient literature and be into it, yeah, you've got mad skills. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, I mean, you have the the curriculum planning skills as a teacher that can go into helping people that are launching online courses. The online course community is like a, I can't remember the exact number, but I want to say it's like in the billions industry. Um, the e-learning market is huge and it is growing dramatically. And there's lots of people that don't have that education background, that curriculum planning background. And so they look for teachers to help them outline their courses, organize their courses, create the PowerPoints for the courses, create the workbooks for the courses. So many opportunities there. But then also when you're when you're a teacher, you're like the the project manager you wear all of the hats and project management is a specific avenue um that a a teacher turned freelancer can go down i totally Being agree that, with that yeah and i mean then there's there's graphic design there's so many copywriting english teacher i was teaching kids how to write i can write copy for other people's websites i can 
uh, or their email marketing. I can read their copy and edit it and proofread it. There's just so many different skills. Um, teachers have customer service. As a teacher, you are in a customer service role. Your customers are your, your students and their parents. If you can have some of those tough conversations with parents and or, you know, the administration. Yeah, yeah. If you can have those tough calls, conversations, you can have those tough calls on behalf of your client's business and, and represent them well. And as someone who now has my own team, my former customer service main person in that role is a former teacher. And she is able to handle all of the tough conversations with people when they need help, when they have questions, when some when they didn't get something, if like our tech system made a mistake. She's able to have have those conversations with a lot of tact, which is which someone who maybe doesn't have that teacher background or any customer service experience would just be like, oh yeah, sorry, didn't work. You know, yeah. Like they, she's representing my business and she's the best person to represent my business to the customers because of how she, her background and how she's able to, to talk to people. I love the examples that you're giving because really so many teachers are like, well, what else can I do? And my question's more like, well, what else can you not do? If you're a teacher, exactly. you've kind of done everything. And if you're a teacher, a lot of people trust you. Like you've had mm-hmm. government background checks and you had to get your finger printed. Like there's just so many things that teachers can really skip past as far as people tr- trusting them and really having a lot of experience with a lot of things. I just think there's a huge chasm between um, you know, being in the classroom and being kind of in the business world a little bit and knowing, oh, project management is actually super similar to a lot of the mm-hmm. classroom management and multitasking of a bajillion different things. Anyway, I love that you're sharing these examples. Thank you. And that Thank is one so of the much. most profitable project manager, operations director, online business manager. That is one of the most profitable skill sets out there that you can capitalize on. For real. Starting starting hourly rate for a certified online business manager is going to be around $17 an hour. Yeah. And that's starting. I don't know know if I fumbled that if it was 17. I know. There's so much room for growth to beyond that $70 hour starting rate. Yeah. And then what do you see for a project manager as far as rates? This is great specifics. I know a lot of people will appreciate this. Yeah. Project manager is going to be very similar to online business manager. Project management is like a specific subset skill in the online business manager role. A lot of times online business managers will do uh, project management, team management, and like systems and operations management. The next step up from that would be that like COO or the director of operations type role. And director of operations type role will be, I don't know, maybe $90 an hour minimum starting at rate. Cool. And then if just to give people kind of more specifics, if you were to say a freelancer at the very beginning, just getting started, maybe if someone's like, okay, on my summer break, I'm going to like start upping my game with this. And maybe by the fall, I'll be at such and such a level. But yeah, a freelancer, virtual assistant or whatever, what would you say beginning hourly rate is realistic? So beginner, it, and just because you are beginner to the freelance world does not make you a beginner. A, a true beginner, right? So, um, I don't know if your audience is only teachers, but if, or maybe you know, there are teachers that have other 
experience that is like directly related. As a beginner, I got started at $20 an hour because I, I just really didn't know. But I typically recommend like the very beginner, if you are a true beginner, the beginning minimum hourly rate for a virtual assistant would be about $25 to $35 an hour. Now there's lots of room for growth beyond that, but that that's like a really good starting hourly rate. Uh, yeah. For a virtual work from home position. If you like, if there's someone listening that has marketing experience, you can start out at a higher hourly rate. If you start out at a specialized position, like if you start out as um, a copywriter or a social media manager, you, you may charge differently. Pricing and packaging your services is one of the hardest concepts. We have a, I have a podcast episode I did all about how to like, how to price your services because there's there's a lot that can go into finding that that hourly rate that or package price that you're going to be happy with. Great. And I know I've been asking you different questions as you've been telling your story, but maybe let me take it back a little bit to that. So you were teaching, then you went part-time, well kind of mm-hmm. three fourths time. Yeah. Started freelancing, went from one client to three clients within a few months. Well it took a while to get your first client, but then you upped it to multiple clients. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about transitioning from the classroom and continuing your freelancing work and then everything that you have to offer now that I know our audience is going to be stoked to hear about. Yeah. So I had my I had my first three clients. My client gave me one of the assignments that like really transformed my business. My first client, the business coach, she had that Facebook group and she wanted me to create a more engaged and environment in there. So she gave me a project. She gave me some, you know, online courses on how to grow an engaged Facebook group. And then she gave me some groups of Facebook groups from other business coaches that had engaged groups. And she was like, I just want you to go and research and like see what these groups are doing well. And then I want you to create a plan and come back and implement it in my group. Loved that project. But when I was working on that project, I found all of these other groups and spaces from people. It was like a whole new world from Aladdin. Like, oh my gosh, once (laughs) she gave me those groups, I just found all of these different businesses and people that were looking for virtual help, whether it was admin, assistant, social media manager, copywriter, whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much more opportunity out there than I ever imagined. Yeah. So I found this woman named Julie Stoyan and she had a program back then called Create Your Laptop Life. It showed me really how to build a business instead of just relying on the like job source board that I was using. There's other job source boards too, like Upwork and Fiverr. Absolutely do not waste your time on those for for the most part. Lots of scams, lots of really low paying positions out there. There are much better avenues to find clients. And yes, and um, for freelance work. But I invested in Julie's program and that was probably December of 2016 when I signed up for Julie's online course. It was a huge investment too. It was like $1,500. Yeah. But I wanted that support. I wanted that community. I really wanted to find more clients and replace my income. At this point, I was probably making about $800 a month, which was great, like supplemental income. But for my husband to like agree to not go back to teaching, I needed to replace my full teacher income, which was 
gosh, I think after taxes, I brought home around 1800 a month. So I wasn't far off. I needed about another $1,000. So from as a teacher, I was making about $1,800 after taxes. Oh, okay. And that was at three quarters time. Is that right? Um, that was that was my full time salary. Okay, when okay, I was good full-time. to know when I and went, after taxes. Got yeah, it. when I went three fourths time, um, it it really evened out to be like my my take home pay after daycare and all of those expenses. Um, I I took home about the same. It was about a thousand dollars is what I took home when I was full time teaching and paid daycare, and then when I was three fourths time teaching and paying daycare for just two days, I took home about a thousand dollars. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So that's great insight. You know, the practicality, the hour breakdown. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I, it wasn't that much more that I needed, but I just didn't see how this was going to be a sustainable business until I met Julie. And so I signed up for her program. And by February, I would say February of 2017, and at this time I was pregnant with my second, I had replaced my full-time income. I was making more as a freelancer than I was teaching in about 15 to 20 hours a week. Whereas as a teacher, I was working 55 to 60 hours a week and paying daycare and like making pennies. So it it became a no-brainer. At the height of my freelance career, I was bringing in about $3,500 a month working that 15 to 20 hours a week because I started raising my rate. I started taking on more skills training. Um, Julie had a program that taught you everything about digital marketing. And as a digital marketer, as a social media manager, when you get into sales funnels, you can start charging a lot more. And so I was, you know, upping my skill set. And at the same time that I was upping my skill set and, you know, I, I quit my job in May of 2017. I delivered my second son in April of 2017. Um, when I left for maternity leave, I left, I left for good. And my son, George, his like infant, years were drastically different than McLaren's. With George, I got to wake up and like snuggle him in the morning. There was never any rushing. I was home with my kids because I had that freelance business that I, you know, worked. Um, I worked five to seven AM and I worked during their nap time. So that was about four hours a day. If I needed extra hours to meet my client work, I could work in the evenings after they went to bed or on the weekends when my husband was home, I could do a four-hour chunk and go up to the coffee shop and just give my husband that one-on-one time with the kids. That's awesome. That's inspiring. Yeah, it, it it was amazing. And in that time, once I had quit teaching, there were so many other moms in Facebook groups that every single day there was a mom posting, like just not business groups, just mom alone Facebook groups. I want to work from home. How can I work from home and make an income? I don't want to do an MLM. And so as I was building my business, I was just helping these moms saying, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's the resources that I'm using. And I would get a lot of people interested and I quickly became known in a local Kansas City mom group for, you know, the lady that can help you figure out how to work from home without doing an MLM. And one day there were about, this was um, two years ago, just about two years ago is the end of August. The one lady made a post and then there were like 50 moms that wanted me to personal message them and walk them through how I got started. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I have two kids. I have these clients. I can't message all of you, you know, I've, that would be a full-time job. And so it just hit me, okay, you know, start a Facebook group and just help them all there. So I started a group and then I quickly, like within two weeks of starting that group, it hit me again, like, 
Michaela, you have this experience on how to build a business on the side of a full-time job as you are a busy mom raising kids, and you have the the teaching background. You know how to build a curriculum and teach people so that they can be successful. So I started, uh, I created my first online course. And my very first online course, I got 10 women to sign up. I w- I'd have to go look back, I, but I, I think 70% of the women that, so seven out of the 10, maybe even eight out of the 10, are still currently operating as freelancers today. Cool. One of them was the very first person I ever hired to help me grow my team. And she is now my operations manager, tech assistant, web designer. Like she just wears so many hats. And we've been working together for almost two years. And from there, it's grown. I've now served, I think, over, there's over 600 active women in my paid community. So through all of my my free resources and my various um, you know smaller offerings, I've served over I've served tens of thousands of women through my podcast and and my free resources on our website um helping them see the opportunities that are out there with freelancing and then helping them build their business as well. Yeah, cuz when I looked at your Facebook page, I was like, "Holy smoke roos, there are thousands of women on this and they're their participation on the page, the questions they ask, the experience they're getting, the opportunities, mm-hmm. Michaela, they're they're amazing. Your influence is is huge and and significant at a personal level for so many people. So thanks for that. It gives me chills. Like I never, I didn't go into this thinking I was going to change people's lives, but these stories that I hear from women who felt the exact same way that I was. They felt stuck. I've had women that could only have one child because all they could afford on their, you know, their family's income was one kid. And they wanted their heart wanted more children and they couldn't do it. But now that they built their own business and they had that control of their financial future, they've been able to have more kids. And just how I felt stuck and and depressed and alone other women have felt that and through building my business i've i've got out of that and i like i truly love my life i am very happy and very fulfilled seeing other women have have that same fulfillment as well it's just humbling and i i love my career i'm still very much in that teacher educator role i just teach a different audience now yeah that's awesome Um, Can you speak to teachers who are maybe where you were and they're feeling stuck and, or or maybe they're like, no, I got my degree in this. I need to stay in this. And I know you said that your husband was, was thinking that too and whatnot. Can you just kind of speak a little freedom to them and that they don't have to limit themselves to what they chose in their twenties, like in college to major? I don't know. Can you just, for someone that feels stuck or that feels limited, fearful. Is there any advice? I know you have two tips for teachers that are transitioning, but yeah. Is there anything, any advice you'd share with them? Absolutely. One one of the biggest things you can do is just to let go of that, that idea of, I got my degree in this. This is the only thing that I can do. Let go of that mindset. Just give yourself permission to be open. And then instead of just being open, I want you to go surround yourself with inspirational podcasts and listen to different stories from other people who have, have 
transitioned and done something different. If you, there's so many entrepreneurs, there's so many different podcasts out there and teacher transitions. There's lots of amazing stories that you can hear other teachers of how they've transitioned out and, but just soak up and listen to those stories. And instead of listening and, th- and, and thinking, well, there's no way I could do that. And, you know, I think our brain is wired. That fear is, is very, you know, serves a purpose to kind of protect us, but it also can prevent us from seeking other options to well said. not let it hold you back. Just, just be open to, to hearing what's possible. And then when you hear those awesome stories, when you hear the success stories of people who have built amazing businesses or done amazing things beyond the classroom that if it's possible for them, it's possible for you too. And I know there's, when you hear things, you're going to think, well, they were able to do that because of dot, dot, dot. There's nothing special about me. There is nothing special about the women I work with. There's nothing special about Allie who has her amazing teacher transition story too, except that she gave herself that permission to try and that permission to just experiment. And you have the same capabilities and the same opportunities as we do. And you've you've just got to give yourself that permission to seek it out. That's awesome. You hit on so many really important things. And I know that's going to inspire a ton of people. You had your two tips for teachers I just want to make sure that we that we get those in here too. Do you want to share those specifics with us and then where our followers and listeners can find you and look into your course as well? Yeah, absolutely. So my number one tip is have a plan. You know, when you're just getting started, it's you're very much in that exploratory phase of like, okay, this is an option, this is an option, this is an option. But once you kind of find your okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is my next step. This is my transition out of teacher path. Um, you've got to have a plan. And some of that that plan can be found through online courses. Um, I know Allie is putting together a program to help you find that next step. There are tons of resources out there, whether you want to become a blogger or you want to go down, maybe down the corporate path, or if you want to go down the freelance path, there are lots of resources um, out there to help give you that plan. And then the second, my second tip is don't give up. Like if your heart is set on transitioning out, um, doing something different, doing something out of the norm, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be road road bumps that might feel like a fail um, at the moment, but the only fail is when you give up too soon. I love so many things that you've said and and your example of a really methodical approach, you know, going down to three quarter time, Mm -hmm. adjusting how you're doing some things financially, Mm -hmm. having kind of a side hustle, really nurturing that and investing into that, buying an online course that helps you have a community Mm -hmm. as well as information and guidance from someone who's been there, done that before. You're a fantastic example and really an incredible and significant influence for others. So, Thanks for, you know, everything that you did in the classroom as a teacher and everything that you've done beyond the classroom. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be here and and share about it today. Hey, 
Gladly. Um, anything else on where our audience can find you? Absolutely. So MichaelaQuinn.com is my website and it will house all of my resources, uh, my free resources. We have an awesome masterclass kind of walking through how I built my freelance business and replaced my income working way less hours from home. And it'll walk you through like how to figure out what service to offer, how to find the time. And the it'll give you that like initial beginning plan of the first steps that you can take to build your business. And then I have a couple other um, smaller courses that are on our website. And then my full full program that includes the group coaching, the full step-by-step plan is um, called Overwhelmed to Overbooked. And that is on my website as well, as well as my podcast and Facebook group. So there's a lot of ways to reach out and and get help and learn from me um, if you want to. So I would love to to meet you guys. If you are interested in freelancing, come hang out in my group, check out my website. Let me know that you heard me on Ali's podcast and we'll, we'll get you going. So great. And we'll have links to all of those resources in our show notes. So Michaela, thank you so much again. Take care till next time. If you're a teacher in the classroom and you know you need to be doing something different, but you don't know what you're qualified to do, what you can do, how to take those steps, the online course is just for you. It's called Find Your Next Dream Job for Teachers, and it will walk you through a process of identifying what you are a rock star at, what you love and enjoy and are skilled at, and then it will help you see how to connect with real companies and real opportunities aligned with that. We have lists for you of hundreds of companies who love hiring teachers, how to get in contact with them, who you can network through, personally to get in contact with them. And not just that, we have resume templates and cover letter templates already prepared for you, showcasing your educator skills and gearing it towards specific roles and jobs that teachers land effectively. These have all been reviewed by interviewers who interview teachers frequently. They've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. They are going to also coach you on how to interview effectively. So if you're not sure what to do next, go ahead and go to teachertransition.com forward slash find your job and sign up for our course there. We'll also have a link to it in the show notes. To celebrate the launch of this podcast, I'm hosting a giveaway with a prize pack. This includes a teacher transition planner, strengths finder book, quote printables, and a one-on-one coaching session with me. To win, all you have to do is rate the podcast and leave a review. Simply tell me what you're loving about it or what your biggest takeaway is so far. Then, before you click submit, take a screenshot of your review and email it to me at hello at teachertransition.com with the subject line giveaway. From there, I'll choose the winners and email you to let you know you've won. This episode may have ended, but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode, share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.